Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Keith Steigert, Uber Reader and Romance Junkie. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. I use my parents' address for my Milwaukee County Library card because they live in Milwaukee County. It's like county to county. Did you say Milwaukee? Milwaukee? Milwaukee. Milwaukee. How do you guys say it? Milwaukee? No, that is so wrong. It's Milwaukee. You come here here and say that they'll... People will ask you where you're from. It's Milwaukee. This is why I don't go anywhere. This because is I'm like, it's of like offending in, them. if you go down to Houston, they say Houston. You, you don't it? use the H there at all. Dude, does Denver call? Do they say it weird? Am I going to like. People in Denver are straight up Midwestern people. They pronounce their shit properly. Probably. Okay. I finally booked my Denver one? ticket this morning, which. Two weeks away, I wait till the last minute for everything. I'm actually proud of myself. It was today and that. So I, what I was trying to do is figure out if I'm going to fly to Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Or, <laughs> or out of O'Hare, which is the closest airport of Chicago to me. It's the smaller one. To fly out of O'Hare anywhere is about $100 cheaper. Oh. Than and I, I've been looking for the past about six weeks at the flight prices, kind of waiting to see if stuff would go down and whatnot and if i if i was to fly to o'hare i would need someone to take me to to o'hare to chicago oh yeah so i bet was kind of working that out i ended up paying 20 dollars more than the best price that i found six weeks ago so no i actually got lucky had i waited another week who knows you know Mm -hmm. i am flying out of johnstown i have never done that i didn't even think it was a thing i could do no it's the tiniest little airport like I guess the security will be pretty lax. I don't know. Maybe you'll have some, like a mall cop is really hyper vigilant, you know, because it's their patch. I'm ready for my strip search, <laughs> Paul Blart. And I am so <laughs> excited for this whole thing. And I'm even most excited now for that Stanley Hotel thing. I yeah, know. They're going to take a ghost tour at the Stanley Hotel, which is where Stephen King's The Shining was filmed. Right, but it actually is a haunted hotel. It is. Because when I was talking to the lady, getting the details, she said, you know, we're not allowed to record anything. No videos, no uh, audio, but take lots of pictures. She said, because you never know when you're going to get photobombed. Dude, those fucking twins going to be there? Because that's going to freak me out. No, those are, those twins. That would be awesome. I don't think those twins are. I love anything ghosty, like witchy, ghosty, anything like that. But I hate like your standard haunted house. I don't want people jumping out at me. Yeah. My the guy I dated in high school, I dated him all through high school. We'll call him my high school sweetheart. He took me to this the most fucked up thing he ever did in our relationship. It was a haunted like cornfield. They put you in a hearse, drive in a hearse. That's where at first I was like, there's no way I'm getting in that. They took the hearse, drove you about a half a mile down a dark road and then they just let you out and people are just chasing you around a field for 20 minutes and people pay money for that (laughs) they have that in newcastle they have the cornfield where that's what they do i've never been but i know people chasing you around the freaking cornfield really yeah 
I'm sorry, but that's screwed up. What do up. they do if they catch you? They're screwed up. I don't think they can legally <laughs> they kill you. <laughs> yeah, I don't think because that's Halloween. That they can, so I don't think they can legally actually touch you. So, so I, I think, would just stand there and be like, "Come at me, bro." And then I think they would probably like leave you alone because there's probably some other Allison in that field running and screaming. That's more entertaining. Some other Allison. So from now on, until the end of time, somebody who gets freaked out is an Allison. In a cornfield. Nice. We have Karens. We have Allisons. Yes. We need to just come up with names for everybody. Our little book adventure to Boulder is getting more and more elaborate by the moment. I know. Well, we only have really just like two yeah. excursions. We're, we're going planned. to an escape room and uh, we're going to the Stanley Hotel for the ghost tour. Oh, and by the way, we're doing a live podcast mm-hmm. at Trident Booksellers and Cafe in Boulder. It's on Pearl Street. So those of you who live in the Boulder, Denver, Boulder area will recognize that. It's a very, um, it's a very cool area. Hold on. Dude, it sounded like creepy-ass ghosts on your Alexa or something. So, you remember the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? That was That's what that sounds like. It's just my husband mowing, sawing away at my last nerve. <laughs> that's a good one. I'm excited to see what the Trident bookstore has like to offer as far as like what stock they carry or like what gems I could find there because it's I feel a like that's very, very small bookstore, but I found a first edition copy of the wonder by oh, Emma Donovan. Wow. I tried it. Yeah. I Trident. Wow. Cause it's a combination used bookstore and new books. Okay. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. yeah. That's actually one of my favorite kinds of bookstores because you get the opportunity to find something that yeah. you're really excited. Well, for me anyway, that's my favorite kind. Well, yeah, it, you go on a book trip, you can't leave with no books. So I've actually allowanced myself a, a very generous amount for that. Oh, and I, but I gave myself a limit of $300 for books. Fair, except for you're going to have to cart them all home. I know. Well, <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to. I'm flying Southwest buy. and you can check two bags for free and I'm bringing the bigger suitcase. Like oh. rolling suitcase. Oh, I'm bringing an empty one inside of our full one. Well, and you have to remember that you don't need to gussy up for us because we're not gussying up for you. <laughs> I mean, I may bring my makeup nice back. To know. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm going to wear my Three Book Girls t-shirt the entire weekend. Oh, yeah. I have to send That's money because I ordered one. You can pay us cash. Cash when we Cash on arrival. Okay? Yeah. We'll yeah. bring your shirt. You can just make it rain. We need that all in $1 bills because we got plans later that night. (laughs) You know what? We haven't talked about going to a male strip club. We should find one. Ghost male strippers. I would die. I would love to. Wouldn't that be fun? It would be fun. We're girls. We can do that kind of thing. We have to wear masks, though. Sorry. It's okay. It'll be something to catch the drool. That's right. And, (laughs) you know, other parts of our body don't have to wear a mask. Just saying. That is kind of awkward when you think about sitting in a strip club with masks on. <laughs> well, I mean, are you really looking at the guys' face? No. No. <laughs> Some of them might look better with a mask. 
This is true. True. <laughs> true. I mean, I saw Magic Mike. <laughs> Some of those guys look better with a mask. No, and the, the great thing is, is there's going to be a bunch of different girls there. And not everybody mm. has to go do the same stuff. No, everybody can do right. something different. Right, you can different. do a bunch of other and, stuff. And because we have a bunch of different people driving as well, not everybody has to rent a car. Um, right. So you can just buddy up with somebody and... I'm sure some people will be going to different bookstores around the city. I don't like how everybody has to sit when you go to a restaurant because you don't get to like visit with everybody. It's like everybody has to sit in a weird configuration and you only get to talk to the person that's sitting next to you, really. It's really hard to get a big table together. Yeah, especially when you have a larger. Yeah. And so it's like maybe we could find a place that has a nice like patio setup where we could easily push tables together or something. Yeah. Well, you know, some of the book girls are staying at Airbnbs where there's like a really, I mean, where they actually have tables, like a huge patio. Yes. Yeah. So what we could do is we could just get takeout and go to their house. Exactly. Yeah. We could do something. Knock, knock, knock. Guess what? We're just, we're just here to use your patio because we want to get drunk on your patio. Do you mind? All I know is this is my first vacation in years, and I'm yeah. so pumped. You know, I think you're not the only one. I know yeah. it's mine. I haven't been on a vacation. I went to Scotland, and that was a me vacation, and my family was not involved. So <laughs> The last vacation I went to was when I went to Niagara Falls, but that was really a Vanessa vacation. Yeah, and, and you had your family with you, so that doesn't count. Yeah. Well, I had Tyler and... We had yeah. Tyler and Kenzie, yeah. but I was also going to school online. So the whole time that I was on vacation, I had to, you I had to do homework, homework. Mm-hmm. and yeah, take so. tests. And Is Ron coming, Martha? No, are you, are you kidding? Ah. I'm asking because Keith is bringing Mr. Keith. So yeah, I but- didn't know. Yeah. Well, Keith is Keith is going for like a week because her brother-in-law and some of her friends oh, live there. That's right. You told me that. Yeah. And you Mr. Told- Keith is going to have his own stuff going on. I mean, to be fair, Ron would probably enjoy, you know, visiting with some friends of ours that live in Denver, but I did not invite him. <laughs> so maybe he'll be happy to have the house to himself also. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. He's nobody to bitch at him when he goes and tries to mow the lawn. Yeah. Yeah. The last time I was gone, um, when I was up in Wyoming, he had a party when I was gone. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. He had, he invited all of his buddies from the neighborhood over and they all got really drunk and it was pretty awesome. Aww. Sounds like something a teenager would it's do. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. He had a great time. I mean, he, he loves that. So he's, he'll be fine. But we are going to have a fantastic time together. This is like the ultimate girl weekend with books. I'm so so excited. And the other great thing is we are welcoming every single person listens to this podcast. If they feel like coming, they can. And we'll have information on the tribe as to where we'll be and stuff. So if people want to just come over, hey, why not? Right. We're all hanging out. That's the whole point. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Allison's been on before. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. It was it almost a year ago. Yeah. Almost a year ago today. It was a July one that I did. That's Remember right. Remember, I told you I was going to write Joe Exotic. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, good talk. Now, I bet he gets blonde jokes. Oh, I bet he does. Did you see he's getting, he got divorced? Yeah, he wants to do a bachelor show for himself. Ew. Does he think he's going to, like, get out of jail and still be alive? Yeah. I mean, it's 
70s, even 80s almost, right? I have no idea how long his sentence is, but he still believes he's going to get out. He's still, I mean, he thought Trump was going to let him out. He had, he had a limo waiting at the jail because he believed that Trump was going to pardon him. He did. He totally thought Trump I thought that too. I wouldn't, it would not have surprised any of us. If that had happened. Well, it wouldn't have surprised us, but who he did pardon surprised me. He pardoned, like, Lil Wayne. Imagine how upset he was at that. You know, like a famous rapper, but not the Joe Exotic, the number one, probably. Seriously. I have tigers. I'm way more important than Lil Wayne. Just with his mindset of how he's so much better than everybody else and all that, and he didn't. He's clearly delusional. It's just self-confidence. Kind of He's just confident in himself as an individual. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised he didn't pardon uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, though. Jeffrey Epstein's girlfriend. Hmm. Kind of surprised he didn't pardon her. Hmm. I was just listening on Audible to the Chasing Ghislaine. You're a true crime <laughs> junkie. You're a junkie, I Allison. He pardons people in prison who have already been convicted, but for the people like Lil Wayne, who he he just acquitted him of all charges. So I'm just saying I'm surprised he didn't do that for Glenn Maxwell. Yeah, I don't understand how that whole pardoning thing works. It doesn't make any sense to me. Fuck no. You know, I was Someone watching the Olympics the other day and I was kind of wondering. I was watching the diving, like synchronized diving or something like that was on. And, you know, yeah. they wear those little like Speedo type underwear or bathing suits mm-hmm. when they do the diving. Mm-hmm. And when they were standing, like facing the camera before they dove, because they were diving, you know, backwards, it looked like they were like blotting out their parts. It looks like like blurring, like blurring out their parts. But the way that they were blurring it out, it looked like they had two penises because it was kind of like stretching it out. And then you can see like on the side. And I tried Coming to look from up a swimmer because I swam in high school. Those speedos, even the female suits are super tight. But the male speedos are so tight that if you're, let's say, as a man, you're blessed. I swear they have to bend it in half. So maybe it's now, just because the pants fit. were so tight. Yeah, because you like where where else would it go? You know, I feel like <laughs> men maybe it, it was their balls I was seeing on either side because they were. Think about always comes we back. talked we talked before about the big balls little balls thing the males that have that have all potatoes and no meat right that's exactly. right They're, those oh are the beta God. males because they need more sperm because they don't right. get as big a chance to mate they gotta or make sure about it. you got that tiny that speedo you gotta fit two balls and and a penis in there French and bink if if you're longer, let's say even soft, you have I, they have to like fold it in. Where's it gonna go? Yeah, they it's would have to like, like tuck it. I did not. Yeah, it's not like when they're wearing boxers where they can just tuck it up. You know, like that's what guys always say. They're always like, "Oh, maybe I gotta tuck it up." Well, maybe or they should talk it. to the drag queens and ask them how they do it. Well, they yeah, don't they tape it between their legs. Yeah, yeah, they tape it up backwards. That but sounds if so you're uncomfortable. Swimming, you can't tuck it between your legs. You got to use your legs, like right, exactly. a lot uh-huh. more. Well, that so in... I guarantee you that's what it. I guarantee you that it that they have to fold them in half or something. Sometimes stuff it in there somewhere because those speedos are tight. Like we we used to practice right after the boys' team practiced in the pool. And we'd get a kick out of 
how because think about it, I'm like in high school at this time when you're in high school you giggle about stuff like that and we'd be like <laughs> oh, high school God. we still do those guys look like what those... are we talking about right now seriously they're speedos I'm saying then they get out of the pool in their speedos because that's what the guys race in and they practice in them too so we'd be like getting ready to go and it's our turn to practice and they'd all be getting out of the water and we'd be like giggling because back when you're in high school you like you know you know it's not every day you see a guy in a speedo they well, are tight th that's why you know that that's why i feel a little cheated Poor guys why would they blur that out we only get to see that every, well, they every may four not years have blurred it out i'm they were black speedos we don't to see it the, <laughs> The, yeah. People in America <laughs> not even on your birthday anymore, you know. Unless you go to, although if you go to Florida and you go to a water park, there'll be some European guys there. Yeah, those European guys, yep. you can always pick them out of a crowd because they got them some speedos and all kinds. Why would of they blur the swimmers? Why would they blur the swimmers when they're obviously not blurring the racing guys? Well, Although maybe I guess they it would be hard to keep blurring while they're going. Well, that and I mean, they're standing and they're just facing the camera. And so they're they're still so you can really take in there. Just put their so hands can really it. take it in. Well, they're not. The divers aren't going to do that. They're getting ready to dive and compete. But then after I looked at that and I'm like, are they blurring that? That's like all I could focus on. <laughs> then I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't focus on any of the actual diving or anything. All I was looking at was like, is that blurred or does he have two penises or what the hell's going on there? And at the time I was walking on a treadmill, so it's not like I could just pick my phone up and look and Siri wouldn't answer that question for me. Damn it. You know, maybe they also blur it because those speedos are so dang tight. If someone is all potatoes and no meat. That's all you see. That's they could have a sack hanging out. Yeah, that's that's like not unusual. You sack you know hanging out. <laughs> a sack, like a piece of their ball. Hanging sack. I know what hanging out and a little in. <laughs> oh, okay. you it just cracks me think, up. You know, because everyone's shaped different down there. I'm sure they have a little bit of a nip slip. <laughs> or yeah, or a pube a dick slip. slip. Like, a, they're gonna imagine? wear a speedo. There is no way that they're leaving their broccoli all hanging out. Because male swimmers, like pro male swimmers, also get their legs shaved. Yeah, they do, yeah. Oh, my God. Speaking of which, you know what shocked me? You know, I read all of these historical fiction, and some of them are set pretty far back in time yeah. and everything. Even, like, in the 1800s, the women trimmed their bush. The, the noble, the rich women. Really? They talk about, like, when they're getting ready, when their husband's coming back into town after being away for so long or whatever their maids will trim their area oh my god and then of course you know like perfume it and everything else because they didn't bathe that much back then but could Give you imagine a haircut it's like mm, barbara's bush needs a barber <laughs> <laughs> that just shocked me because i was like are you serious even way back in the 1800s? Sure, why not? We all want to look nice. We we want all of our bits and pieces to look I wonder, attractive. I wonder stuff like that. Like, who was the first woman that was like, nope, I'm not going to do with hair there? Well, I mean, even like in my book, um, my book is about some great families in China, and they talk about perfuming. Oh, my God. There was one part in this book 
that said something about uh, they were getting one of the son's wives ready, like for their a wedding or whatever wedding night, and they said something about perfuming the seven, seven orifices. orifices. And I'm like, seven? I, one? Do I have two, seven? Three? <laughs> four? One, two? Five? I only come up with five. Three, I have seven. It's not your eyeballs, is it? Maybe your your nose. Oh, oh your nostrils. Ew. But why would you perfume your nostrils? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. Yeah, there's seven. But why do your ears count and not your eyeballs? Well, you can't because perfume your eyeballs. There's something in your eyeballs. In the way. In your there's eye sockets, your eyeballs. eyeballs. It's not a hole that goes into your, your body. Stick your fingers up your nose, and you can stick your fingers you in your ears. You could stick your finger yeah. in your eyeball. It would be painful. I understand. So anywhere you can stick something into, I guess they perfume <laughs> before you get married in China back in this time frame. Do you think they're going to stick your that, their dick yeah. in your nose? That's got to be an awful little dick. That's all I'm saying about that. But yeah, what's, the name a, of your, what's the name of your book, Bonnie? That would be a really bad date. I would write a blog post about. <laughs> <laughs> what's your blog, Allison? Now we want to know. I So I'm starting a blog. I'm Okay, so you, most of you guys know I've been divorced since 2018. And I've decided, because I'm on online dating, that instead of getting upset of all these weirdos, these fucking weirdos I meet online, I'm going to make a blog of I'm going to say yes to every date I'm asked on. Oh, dear God. By these Tinder people. Tinder, Bumble, whatever. And I'm going to blog about them. I'd read that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would read that. I would totally read that. All right, Vani. The book that I read this week is called Pavilion of Women by Pearl S. Buck. And if anyone isn't familiar, uh, she's also wrote The Good Earth. So this is so, a, a classic novel. So like a classic novel, right? But it was recommended to me on the historical fiction Facebook page that I'm on. Thank you again for another great find. Well, I say great find. This was just okay. I liked it, but I didn't love it, if that makes sense. The writing was great. The story was slow. And it got a little too spiritual at the end. So um, what this is, is this takes place in um, early 20th century in China. And there's the Wu family is the great family of this specific town that's a little bit inland from the coast. And on her Madame Wu's 40th birthday, she decides to tell her husband after 24 years that she wants to end their physical life together and let him get a concubine. concubine. Thank you. I was saying contrabine in my head, and I'm like, that's not right. And take on a, a concubine or like a second wife. Okay. And so there's a little bit of an uproar, because this is about the time when that's considered to be old-fashioned and traditional, and people are starting to get rid of all of the old ways. But also, it's kind of a scandal for women to get pregnant after the age of 40. It's it's like, almost like shame on your family if you if you end up pregnant after 40. So, and the only way to stop that is not to have sex with your husband. So she, you know, basically says I'm done, no more. I'm not going to have any more babies. I don't want to continue that part of my life. 
She still wants to be, you know, the matriarch in every way for the family. She's the one who always picks up the wives for the sons. <laughs> and like she maintains like the whole house. She makes sure that, you know, the fields are planted and plowed with the right things. That she makes sure that, you know, the chef does his thing. She makes sure that everything runs in the house. And basically that's what this book is about. And it's also about her just kind of changing her way of thinking because all of her kids, she has four sons and they are kind of evolving into a different way of thinking than her. And the women that they marry are also evolving. One of them actually went away from school and came back with a wife. So he picked completely for himself, which was, did not happen in this family. And so instead of getting angry and revolting against the change, she kind of embraces it and tries to understand where her kids are coming from and thinking. And then she kind of discovers more about herself and how, you know, she never really knew love because her, her marriage was arranged obviously. And even though she was very fond and did in a way love her husband because her husband was a very good man and treated her extremely well, you know, she never got to pick him. So, you know, she didn't have that same option that her kids actually wanted for themselves. So it's, it's a very interesting look at how things started to change in China. And yeah, just, it's a very interesting concept, too. Mm-hmm. And also during this, because it took place like right as some very large wars were taking place also, because it was the early 19th century. So it talks about how the Great War is happening, but they were pretty isolated from it because they didn't live near the coast and like stuff like that. It was good, even though it wasn't one of my favorite books. I did enjoy learning about the culture and I did enjoy her character in general until she started to get a little too spiritual at the end (laughs) until she found Jesus (laughs) I hate it when they find Jesus well it she it wasn't even really that it's just like she met a priest that actually didn't really preach God as much as he preached people should be better to each other kind of like you know love thy neighbor like you love yourself and you know yada yada that kind of stuff so and she kind of found a kindred spirit with this priest then it got a little spiritual after that so but yeah it was it was a really good book and i'm not sorry i read it i mean because i liked good earth so it was a really slow burn. There wasn't very much action in it. If you need action in a book, this was not it. If you want a yeah. nice book about the Chinese culture in the early 20th century, then I would recommend it. Sweet. It was really good. Pavilion of Women by Pearl S. Buck. So the book I read this week is called All Are Welcome by Liz Parker. And we were sent this by Jennifer Richards, Liz Parker, and Lake Union Publishing. And I want to thank them for sending an advanced copy so that I could read it and review it. And this is sort of a romance, but not really. So it's the story of Tiny, 
that's this woman's name and she is really really small and she's also kind of diminutive in like her personality too uh she just kind of goes along with the flow and wants everybody to be happy and just kind of doesn't rock the boat and she is a gay woman she also comes from money so her family is very like she's from money (laughs) and um (laughs) so her family has very uh definite ideas about the way things should be like they belong to a country club they have a standing in their neighborhood there they live in connecticut in this high scale do they talk like this i think so i pictured them all speaking that way there's a bitsy a bitsy don't you just think of bitsy very stereotypically money that was phoebe's mother-in-law's like a kennedy kind of situation (laughs) they're very posh and uh her coming out as gay has not been the greatest thing for her family she is getting married to uh, a woman who has no issues who's also from money who has no issues uh she's a lawyer she's the exact opposite she's very comfortable in her lifestyle her parents are very supportive and her name's carolyn and they're getting married in bermuda because they can't really they don't come out and say it but it's basically you get the idea that they don't want to get married in the neighborhood They don't want to have to go through the thing of inviting all these people that you have to invite because they're not Uh. real pleased and they don't want to ask the country club or any of the posh places like, can you have my lesbian daughter's wedding there? Hmm. So that's the kind of family she's in. Um, So they go to Bermuda with just very close friends and family. Everybody, with the exception of Tiny, is pretty much just a terrible human being. (laughs) They all have these terrible secrets. Uh, Some are bigger, some are smaller. And the way they act kind of astounded me. For example, one of the most glaring things is that her Tiny's brother, very close, right? I, I mean, it's your brother. He has twins who are going to be, who are supposed to be the ring bearer and the flower girl in the wedding. Well, he, his wife leaves him right before the wedding. So the wife and the children do not come. Holy shit. But he never says a word and they continually ask. And he says, oh yes, they'll be coming. (gasps) I mean, pretty much up to the actual wedding, he is still saying this as if nobody will notice. She also has another older brother who is um, who is who has found religion. And he has pretty much said, I'm not coming to the wedding because I don't agree with her lifestyle. But they lie to her and tell her he's coming because oh. they don't want to have a difficult conversation. And that's kind of the theme of this book. All these characters don't want to do the difficult thing. So everybody does just whatever is simple. You find out very early on that Carolyn doesn't want to marry her, really. I mean, she's gonna, but she's marrying her for her money. Oh, my God. Uh, I thought you said she comes from money, too. Well, 
you get the idea that maybe they're in trouble. Oh, that's so sad. And again, no one really comes out and says it, but the parent, the the mother especially is is basically saying, Carolyn, you need to marry Tiny. Like as soon as Tiny comes out, she's pretty much saying, Hey, uh, she calls Tiny's mom and is like, you know, my daughter's a lesbian. They need to get together because they're two society women. And if you're going to be gay, at least be gay with the right person. Oh my God. That sounds so, right? that sounds so something that a rich person would do. Oh. Well, Tiny thinks that she's going to do this amazing thing for Carolyn. And she invites um, a girlfriend of hers from her past not knowing that she's a quote unquote girlfriend of hers from her past. He thinks it's just a friend that's exactly not an ex. I'm going to read this. This And this ex is like the ex, like the one who gets away, the one that you never stop thinking about. This is where you just sucked me right in. Mm. This book was fascinating on so many levels. It was almost like a mystery because everybody was acting so suspiciously. Everybody was tiptoeing around all these different things and you knew there was something off and you knew there was something wrong, but nobody ever comes out like the ring bearer and the flower girl. Nobody will ever come out and say, this is messed up or this happened and this is bad. They just all they're the most sweep it all under the rug family and friends I've ever seen. I mean, I kind of wonder sometimes if this is how people act like <laughs> in other circles. So circles that we don't belong to. I was going to say, maybe they <laughs> do. I mean, maybe the posh, maybe that's why their lives are great because they don't face problems. I'm sure there are tons of families that, probably do this i shouldn't just say like it's a rich thing but stereotypically i i guess i could see that um you spend one weekend with my family and (laughs) really that my family not so much the posh you know my family's very they're the proper throw down for each other but there Mm -hmm. are definitely they're like the pot calling the kettle black a lot you know Uh like they'll be like oh my god your ex-husband family is crazy and it's like i have i could write a book of the things that my family do at holiday <laughs> you know what i mean and it's all yeah. just fair. yeah so this book you go on a mini roller coaster because there are characters at the beginning that you are certain you hate because they're doing these terrible things and some of them nobody gets really redeemed i guess i should say because nobody's doing these things for good reasons but you you start to understand better why some people are acting this way and there aren't good or bad guys but the people that you hate at the beginning sometimes are some of the people you kind of get toward the end and you just you never i couldn't decide who i hated the most (laughs) that's a good and i couldn't decide who i liked i aside from tiny Poor Tiny. That's I a- really didn't know who I would like. Yeah. So That's here's the question. Was Tiny <laughs> wanting to get married to Carolyn? Yes. So she was in love. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
poor little tiny. But she bends over backwards. I'm surprised she doesn't make herself sick because she bends over backwards trying to make everything fine for Carolyn and make everything uh, good for her mother, who is against the wedding, and make everything. So she's, it's her wedding, and usually the bride gets to kind of relax and everybody's like, you know, doing things for her. And Tiny is basically running herself ragged, trying to make everybody as happy as they can be. And nobody wants to be happy. They're perfectly happy being miserable and making Tiny feel guilty about it, I guess, is the way to put it. It was so interesting to follow her journey, both as a woman and as a gay woman, because she comes out relatively late in her life. I don't highlight a lot of passages. I read on an e-reader and I don't generally highlight passages, but I highlighted so many passages, especially toward the end of this book. And I talk a lot about, I call it a Kaiser Soze moment when something happens at the very end. And I'm like, holy crap, I feel like I want to go read this whole book again because that was a fantastic thing that happened in the ending. It has one of those Kaiser Soze moments for me. Wow. Um, I really enjoyed it. I'm really glad that uh, I got the chance to read it. And uh, again, that was All Are Welcome by Liz Parker. I added it to my list. Good, you should. It sounds good. It's a very good family drama kind of thing. You know, like like the Crazy Rich Asians, like when that book came Ooh, out. Ooh, yeah. When that book came out, I was like, they, they could not have more spot on written something <laughs> about my family, minus the actual cultural, like yeah. specific cultural traditions that they had. But as far as like how all the aunts call each other on the phone, oh, he's <laughs> bringing this girl and she's only a hundred, she's not a hundred percent, you know, monk or whatever monk or whatever it was that that they were in in the movie specifically and i was like this is literally like somebody somebody's ex in this family wrote this book under a name <laughs> all right allison it's your turn scare us okay. with some true crime can or, i do something can i you're, you're not doing hendrix are you no i'm le- i left it for you okay so this week I read The Final Girls Support Group by Grady Hendrix, which I think Martha also read. I did, well. yes. I also read it. So uh, this was my first Grady Hendrix book. He's been on my list for a while, his other books. But I will say that I really, for as ridiculous as this entire, as, as ridiculous as this entire book was, you know, when you sit back and you read it to the end, I really enjoyed it. There was not a moment in this story that wasn't action-packed. I'll agree with that, yes. Not a single, and I you'll have to tell me if yeah, all his books are like that, where it's just like boom, 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 action, action, action. But basically, the story really centers around one particular main character who's part of a support group called the Final Girls Support Group. And the concept is the members of this group have survived horrible experiences like slasher massacres and they're the one and only sole survivor of their massacre so for example one member of the group survived you know someone a slasher coming and you know killing everybody at a at a summer camp 
she was the sole survivor the main character herself survived someone obliterating and killing her entire family um and they were considered final girls and in the book there's a lot of the phenomenon of the popularity of being a final girl it makes you almost famous so the book opens with our main character um who lives in an a I think it's an apartment in some kind of apartment building and she's got you know all these security measures that are just way too over the top and at first I was like oh my god I feel so bad for her she's so traumatized oh she's going to this support group but I felt like (laughs) but I feel like the book almost made a joke of the whole concept because she was just completely out of her mind and you know what you know the scary movie franchise you know, like scary movie, mm-hmm. scary movie, scary mm-hmm. movie makes fun of true horror films. Yes. This would be the perfect, perfect scary movie seven. It would. Oh, it has, it, it definitely has. I, I felt like the whole time I was reading it, it that a it joke. was like one of those movies. You're like, this has to be a joke. All the, And so, you know, you know, she goes to the support group. They meet once a month. She really looks forward to it. You, you know, they meet with this kind of sketchy psychologist who runs this group in a church. Was it, what was it, Martha? A church basement? Church ba- yeah, church church basement. And one of the members of the group is like, hey, I'm I'm going to, I'm not going to come anymore. Her, that particular final girl was, her wife was dying of cancer. And she's like, I got to spend more time with her. And, um main character just has a total shit fit about this whole thing and it like sets her off emotionally and then all of a sudden they all like weird things start happening they all start sort of kind of getting attacked and the main character literally for the rest of the book looks like a complete and total lunatic yeah (laughs) trying to avoid trying to avoid slash figure out who is coming after the final girls so my question, Martha, because I think you read Hendrix regularly, or you have read Hendrix prior to this, was he trying to make a joke out of this whole concept? Was it supposed to be like kind of crazy? I like- think so. Yes, because okay. if you read the Southern Vampires, Southern- I have it yet. It's on my list. Yeah, but. Um, there, there was a lot of, there was a lot of parody feel to that as well. So, so that's, that's a perfect word that I couldn't find before parody. It's a parody. So if they, if I don't know if it's supposed to be, but that's kind of, that's that's kind of how I was, it was so over the top. So over the top. She's got, she's got a whole nother personality ready for her to disappear. If anyone comes after her. And the one thing I did like is, um, she kept the main character kept referring to like the people who committed the crimes on each of the members. She kept calling them like the monsters as if they were going to come at any minute, like my monsters in prison and Danny's monsters here. And Oh no, Danny's monster has to have gotten her. And there were some points of the book that I literally threw it. Cause I'm like, this is so beyond ridiculous, but I read this book in a total of 18 hours yeah. because I have to figure out what in the actual fuck was actually happening. <laughs> and I will say, though, 
I don't know if Martha, if you read this one or not. I will say though, there's another book called Final Girls by Riley Sager. I did read that one. I personally think you should read Final Girls by Riley Sager before you read Final Girls Support Group, not because there's any actual crossover, but because I think Sager did a better job explaining the concept of what a truly a final girl was than Hendrix did. And I don't know if you guys saw the beef on Twitter, but Riley Sager called out Grady Hendrix on Twitter for copying his idea. And then all the Hendrix fans went after Riley Sager, and then he posted like a super big apology about it. The two books are actually have nothing no, in common. No, they don't. They don't. The only thing they have Except in common the is the partial title. Right, exactly. But but Hendrix focuses more on the concept of like the popularity of slasher movies and the popularity of like being a final girl because these girls were famous. In, in they're Hendrix. famous for their tragedy, all of them. They're People know who they are. and They work on movies. Like She talks about the girl that played her in the slasher movie that was made about her experience. Final Girls by Riley Sager wasn't like that at all. It was actual, like, trying to stay under the wire, you know. But I think that Sager just did a better job explaining what a final girl was I'm trying to, I wonder if I had read this going into it without reading that, if I would have totally grasped the whole concept of what the fuck is he actually talking about? And I, I found myself <laughs> saying that a lot during the book too. Are they fucking serious? Is he, are they, is she for real? And she just goes completely bananas. The main character just goes completely bananas to, and at one point in the book, she gets stopped by a cop and detained because she's just out of her mind. And at that point I was like, all right, there's like about 200 pages left in this book. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen, but she needs to, she needs to go to jail. This is, she's do she's out of her mind. She needs to calm her role. Yeah. But I will say for me, who is an avid thriller and mystery reader, the twist was pretty good. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. I think Grady Hendrix does a really interesting thing with his writing. He doesn't write like anybody else. And I think no. that for me, I read to be entertained. I yeah. don't, I oh. don't read for any other reason. Right. And if I am totally entertained the whole time, even though there were a lot of times where I rolled my eyes, it was the same thing with the, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there that doesn't match That's up. Believe. Yeah. That you just, just can't over the it. top and you're just like, I Ugh. agree. I but, agree. So I can't, I gave it four stars on Goodreads for that reason. Because he sucked. I read it in, in 18 hours, mm -hmm. like less than 24 hours finished that book. It was a 300 and what, 50 page book. Yeah. And I read the hard copy. I didn't audio it. But I told Brittany Bradford from our tribe, I said, you might like this book. You know, it's kind of like, like, give it a try. And she audioed it. And I think she finished it. And like, yeah, it's totally a Brittany <laughs> book. Yeah. Yeah. In a similar time period. So I I ultimately enjoyed it. I will be reading more of him, but I agree that he he has something about his style that was so different. Um, and to me, I mean, whether I like the main characters, hate the main characters, whether I think they're nuts, whether I think the content is nuts, if an author can like wow me, they deserve at least a four star rating. And and he did, so I really enjoyed that. So if you want something totally kooky and 
unlike anything you've read before, it's not real gory, um, considering the the subject matter. I don't think he wrote it too bad. There's really not many trigger warnings I can think of. Um, there was no sexual assault or anything like that trigger warning, but no. just just the uh, description of what her her monster, as she calls him, did to her. Uh, but overall, it was a really good read and it kept me going. So that was Final Girl Support Group by Grady Hendrix. Excellent. You did a very That's good cool. job. Mine was, you know, I don't really like watching those type of films. The slasher films. I don't like them. And that's kind of where I was at with the whole thing through most of it going, Ugh. <laughs> because Me I freaking either. hate them. And, but at the same time, it was very compelling. It was a compelling book and I had a good oh. time reading it. And I want to mention too, for anyone who from the tribe who participates in reading rivalry, Grady Hendrix is the August, one of the August author highlights. And this would be a really good one because it's so <laughs> impact for that. So. Awesome. All right. I am going with a thriller as well. Um, you've heard, you heard me do a review. I don't remember if it was, a couple of years ago or a year ago? I think it might have been a couple of years ago. Um, My Lovely Wife. Yeah. Oh, yeah, remember I remember that, that one. Okay. Well, Samantha Downing is the author, and the name of this book is For Your Own Good. And it takes place at a very prestigious school. But the main-ish character is actually one of the teachers, and he is, I mean, right from the first sentence, you know, this guy <laughs> is fucked up. <laughs> I just picked a copy of this book up at the library and not even knowing that you're going to review it. Really? So I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat right now. Like, yeah, he's, he really, um, I mean, this guy, you know, he's been manipulating all kinds of things. He doesn't like his rich students. He thinks they're entitled little assholes. And so he like makes it his mission to make their lives mean something. So, for example, there's a, a character in here who is a young man that's in his class. And he's, he's really a smart kid. He just happens to be rich. And you get the impression that this kid is really a good kid. Like he, he, he didn't cheat or lie or wasn't particularly mean in any way. But yet this teacher just puts him through the ringer trying to um, make him snap. I mean, but there's, there's also like an underlying current of really ominous stuff okay so they're always talking in the very beginning of this book and I think this is where I disagreed with the author's choice because she missed such a huge opportunity by not capitalizing more on on this part of the book because right at the beginning they're talking about the memorial service they've got this memorial because the the headmaster killed himself the previous previous year. And so 
there's a new headmaster now and everything's fine, but the previous one killed himself. And so you don't really know what the deal is, but you kind of get the impression through the whole thing that there's something nefarious about, you know, all of these deaths surrounding the school because all these people end up, you know, getting killed. And, and there is, to a certain extent, that. Because you find out that Teddy, who's this teacher, is, well, at first it's like you find out that he is semi-poisoning people that annoy him. <laughs> we all want to do that. Right. And, and, you know, we've all had an annoying coworker that, you know, is so full of themselves or whatever. But, I mean, this guy is just, he's just a dick. I mean, I don't like him at all. It totally reminds me of Jeffrey Dahmer's cellmate that killed him because his explanation was he, he was annoying. I had enough. Yeah. 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 And just, enough. yeah. And so what he does is his wife, and here's the other thing that goes on about his wife. We know she's not in the picture, but we don't know why we don't understand where she went. And for me, I'm thinking the whole time he must've killed her. Right. That something horrible has happened to her and that he's just a total psychopathic douche. Um, so I've got that going on in my mind. I've, I'm thinking about the headmaster having killed himself. I'm thinking about all that. Um, in, in the meanwhile, Teddy is, he's taken all these poisonous plants that, oddly enough, were all growing in his backyard. <laughs> Handy. And so he starts experimenting with them. And what he does is he just takes a little bit of each thing and he like goes down the list of all the people in the staff and he takes the coffee pods out of the thing because he knows what each person favors. Oh my god. Because they all drink different kinds of coffee. And then he just injects a little bit of this poison in there to see what happens. What a douchebag. So now I'm going to be switching my coffee up all the time. Yep. So that nobody knows. Do you, does that ever happen to you guys where you read something really fucked up oh, in a book? Oh, God, and yes. The rest all of the time. All the fucking time. Seriously, okay, I'm going to switch time. my coffee. Yeah. And then for a long time, you're like, Ooh, what if someone <laughs> you're like, And then you're like, I'm not going to do X, Y, Z for a really long time in case someone did that. Yes, exactly. And so this whole story revolves around Teddy and his weird little antics and bullshit. But the interesting thing is there are some other characters that are added in that have kind of some weird shit going on. And pretty soon you start to realize that this whole school is full of people who are, you know, a little off. Does everybody Um, like in his life, get that he's off or does no. he portray no. it really well there's one girl though he so he's totally, a total he, he's a total total um yeah okay he's because he he won a teacher of the year award oh holy so crap. so you know he's, he's, a, he's teacher know. he's teacher of the year um so he hangs that plaque on his on his wall but he has this former student whose life he totally fucking ruined And she shows up at one point. What he did is he wrote, she asked him to write a letter for her college acceptance. And he not only wrote a letter for her, but he had it delivered directly to the school she was applying to. 
Oh, that's such shit. And he tells them that she cheated <gasps> and that she didn't belong at those schools. So he, he totally ruined her fucking life. And she was a really good student and actually deserved to go to the school. She didn't do anything wrong. He just thought she must be cheating. I mean, the guy is just such a dick. Oh, you just hate him so much. But I, I would say that right up till the end of the book, I was completely riveted because I wanted to figure out who the hell was going to get blamed for all this shit, who actually did it, because you're and never really quite sure. I was super unsatisfied with the ending, though. You were. It's like it, well, it was a five star read for me worst. right up until the last sentence. And I was very disturbed by the way the author took the ending. So what did you overall rate that? Then? I gave it a four okay, because so it was did. it was spectacular. Oh, but it was so close to a five, which Martha never gives out. You're saying yeah, I, you I really like I really, really liked it. I thought that it, the plotting was going so well. Everything was going so well. And then right at the last minute, it totally fucking ruins it for me. I, I re really Aww. didn't like that last part, but it was a good ride anyway. And so I had to give it four stars. And that was... For Your Own Good by Samantha Downing. That's so funny. For I'm your probably going to pick that on the plane with me to Denver because I just picked that up. I had put it on hold when it came out because there's certain authors I do automatically, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. that I enjoy. And I got it. I got it just the other day. It came in. So I got it pretty quick after putting it. It just came out this month. Yeah, it did. It's brand new. Well, I was going to say, I would be interested to hear what other people's interpretation was because the plotting was pretty tight but for some reason i don't know why that ending pissed me off so badly well maybe i'll move it up on my list and I try and just, read it i would like to hear what someone else thinks of it because i i almost felt bad that i was so angry <laughs> God. So it's like totally out of character i don't know it just really made me mad <laughs> it's fucking hot in this room it is hot in this room is it? You should know better pretty... than to wear black in here. Well, it's thin. It's a thin shirt. Listen, Tyler's taken over my washing machine for the last two days. I haven't been able to wash clothes. Our boys mm. live in a rat-infested hole. It's not. Do they live together. Roach-infested yeah. hole with mm -hmm. no fucking washer and dryer. Well, get this. Get this shit. Okay, so the maintenance people came over to Tyler's apartment to try to fix the washing machine so that it would work. And um, there's not even a water pipe running to the washing machine. So it's basically never worked, ever. Well, I guess what happened is they had a slab leak somewhere. And they had to, cl they had to close that pipe off. Holy fuck. And I guess they never rerouted any water to this washing machine. So now to be able to fix it, they're going to have to move all of their kitchen cabinets and route it through... In this, they're going to have to tee off the water that goes to the sink and the dishwasher so they can run it to the washing machine. But to do that, they're going to have to move all of the cabinets and everything out and, and uh, tear down that, tear off that wall they need to, to get to the pipes. They need to give them a different apartment. Yeah. Well, I, Tyler wrote a letter to him. Good. Fuckers. <laughs> anyway, 
you know, when we were sitting here talking about the books, I thought I was thinking about um, waxing and strippers and everything. And <laughs> because, you know, minds wander and, <laughs> and gotcha, continue. I was just thinking of the guy who does the strip tease scene with Sandra Bullock in The Proposal. Yeah. Now that guy needs to fucking wax a little bit because you can see his pubes coming right out of his speedo when he's dancing. But landscape, for God's sake, that's all I could think of when I was watching that movie and watching that scene, because the actor himself, I've seen him in other stuff, and I actually like that guy. But the only thing you can see now when you look at him is his pubes. Yeah. All I can think of every time I watch him in another show now is that he doesn't wax his business when he wears his beto. Come on, look it up. I got to know who this dude is. I don't remember. While you do that, I'll look up the male strip clubs in Denver. I got to put my glasses back on. Nice. Oh my gosh. We are going to have so much fun. We're seeing a Thornton, right? Thornton is where we're seeing. Yeah. It can't be like a super sleazy one. It's got to be a nice, classy place. There's one called Boys Town. That's probably for the, that's probably for the gays. I mean, are there guys up there dancing on the stage? One of the best male strip pole dancer gay bars anywhere. Oh, I love gay bars. They're awesome. Me too. This looks like a good tie. Okay, it's a little sketchy looking. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Oh, wait. I love the way she said that. This looks a little sketchy. Ah, this looks. The Bear Assets Colorado Hottest Party Dancers. Okay, that it has to be like in home, which we're not going (laughs) to. Can you imagine? Yeah. Um, Hey. Front desk. Send our stripper up when he gets here. Mr. Keith would really be like, (laughs) I'm sorry, Mr. Keith. Can we borrow Keith for a while? I think we should go to Boys Town, the gay bar that I found. Okay. It looks a little suspect, but not suspect in like a Jeffrey Dahmer type of way. You're very on to the serial killers. Of course she is. She's a true crime freak. I compare everything to serial killers. In fact, the that started texting me on a dating app said oh if you know if you want to hang out and you don't want to you know go out we can meet in the 7-eleven can... parking lot <laughs> <laughs> no that's my dating it puts the lotion on it <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna do it for three, three book, book girls. girls can't get enough of three book girls check them out on facebook twitter and instagram follow them on tiktok youtube and check out their website at threebookgirls.com And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.